important to recognize too within blissful love in general we bring up a a lot of heavy topics sometimes and Mm -hmm. have a lot of heavy conversations that um can sometimes seem scary for a lot of people but uh one thing that i really want to say for people who have not experienced something firsthand um with a transgender person is if you do have a topic that you're thinking of that comes to mind as you're listening to this episode that you're like I've experienced this thing that seems really heavy or I know somebody who has experienced this thing tell us we would love to touch on it because yeah. that's what we want to do with blissful love we want to talk about these heavy topics that don't need to be negative they want to be love and light and positivity because any negative situation I guess quote unquote um, has a positive outlook and like you were saying there's a lot of negativity around transgender people when it comes to coming out to their family or coming out to their friends or what they experience internally and it doesn't always need to be that and it isn't always that so we try to really spin all these heavy topics these topics that can be perceived as negative or can be a negative experience for others and we try to really spin them in a positive light so that you guys can all experience life in a whole new light because Mm -hmm. Rachel and I are on that journey together and within ourselves and we we have hard times with that sometimes so we bounce that off of each other Welcome back to another episode of Blissful Love with Dev McMahon and Rachel Lawrence. What is up, you guys? Hey, guys. Happy Thursday. It is nice to be back and recording. We're actually recording on Sunday, and today has been a very blissful day for me, so I'm excited to be recording today. All right. So, Rach, do you want to go first? What makes you feel blissful and how you propelled your love today? Yes. Um... So what made me feel blissful today, me and Connor went on like, we did like a four mile walk this morning. We walked into, he lives in Somerville. We walked to Davis Square to get breakfast and then we walked home. It was just really nice. It was absolutely freezing today, but it was just nice being outside and having that time to ourselves and everything. So that made me feel really blissful. Um, and how I propel my love today, I'm going to say by the episode we're about to record, I think is going to make a really profound impact on a lot of people. Um, and this is ever since Deb asked me to come on Blissful Love as her co-host, um, I knew that this was an episode that I wanted to do. It's really close to my heart. Um, and I think that it's a story and a journey that needs to be shared because so many people are probably out there, um, at the beginning of this journey and it's I know can be it's extremely scary and but it's a very beautiful journey as well so that's how I'm propelling my love today I love that that's really nice I'm really excited too um okay so what made me feel blissful today is I had a really beautiful yoga class this morning um and then I spent the entire rest of the morning and afternoon just working on me I read some of our book club book took some notes did some meditating so that made me feel really blissful how did I propel my love today I feel like just I guess through working on me because I think um I've had a lot of like inner tension going on and I can definitely feel when I'm taking it out on Jack 
Um, <laughs> so I needed to do that and have that day for myself today in order to be better and put my best foot forward in my relationship with Jack. Um, so yeah, that's how I propelled my love. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's important to recognize those moments. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So what are you doing this week to take care of yourself, your body, and your mind? Oh, my mind? gosh. Okay, so tomorrow I'm going to share it with – hold on. Let me just shut this off because it's, like, I'm literally squishing. Um, but tomorrow I'm going to have the whole day to myself. So I decided to – I, like, don't even want to say it. Actually, by then, people will know. Okay, I'm going to share it with all of you guys. Well, or at this point, it's already been shared. Um, (laughs) I'm going to spend the day doing a salt rock therapy room, which is, like, a meditation. I don't even know, really, what it entails. Um, But I think it's going to be really cool. I've done salt rock therapy rooms in the past like I went to a concert in one and it was really cool so I'm gonna check that out it's in Westboro and if I like it I'm sure I will I will share the information with all of you guys so you guys can check it out um and then I also am going to try if the weather is good um to go skiing by myself at Wachusett yeah I'm so excited I feel like it's so important to be in nature by yourself and I don't do it enough so definitely I'm looking forward to that that's awesome. Yes. That's so exciting. Yes. How I'm about jealous. you? Um, so this week, um, I actually have a pretty long stretch, stretch, <laughs> stretch of time off from work. Um, so I'm working the next three nights and then I think I have like five days off in a row, which hasn't happened in a very, very long time. So I'm very excited and much needed time off. Um, but I'm really going to prioritize this week getting myself organized Um, because that is definitely something I have let slip up in the last couple of months since moving home. I feel very disorganized and I feel really, I don't even feel really settled at home yet. Um, and it's been several months, so I kind of really need to get that under control. Um, so I'm going to dedicate those five days off to really getting myself situated in my space, um, and just kind of decluttering my space in my mind so that I can continue on this journey with you guys. I love that. Yeah. That's important. I hate when my space is messy. Oh, my God. I hate it, too. But, like, if you saw my room in my car right now, like, you would think that I'm – I love it. Like, you'd yeah. think I'm a hoarder. It's well, it's so cause, bad. Well, it's because you're busy. It gets, yeah. like, caught up. Like, yeah. you know, you're like, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Exactly. That's what I say to myself every yeah. day. Yeah. It's just important to try to cut the time out when you can to declutter. Mm-hmm. For sure. Definitely. All righty. Let's do quote of the day. Um, so, today's quote is – Three things in human life are important. The first is to be kind. The second is to be kind. And the third is to be kind. Henry James. So I really liked this quote today um, because really that's so true that all it comes down to is having a kind heart. And be having an open mind and a kind heart and you will flow through life very nicely. Yes. I agree with that a lot. I love that. Yeah. I'm excited. Yes. Alrighty. So today we have a very special guest. My brother Eli is finally on the podcast. I've been dying to have him on. Um, so Eli actually came out as transgender a few years ago now. Two years? Three years? Close to. Two and a half years? So, yeah. So 
today I'm just really excited. We're going to talk about his journey, um, our journey as a family, um, his impact that he's had on our lives and the impact he's going to have on the world. And I'm just, I'm really excited. This is going to be a very fun um, episode, but also I think very informative and very emotional. So I'm excited to share this. This. I'm Eli. I'm 24. Um, right now in my life, I work in a psych hospital. I want to get my doctorate in clinical psych. But, uh, and then, <clears throat> although we're talking about me being trans, um, at this point in my life, it's not really, like, the biggest thing. So I don't, like, you know, associate, yeah. associate a lot with, like, my identity right now, even though it's a big part of me. But I'm happy to talk about it, educate yeah. people, enlighten people, make a change. Definitely, definitely. So I guess we could just start off with like the ba- the initial start of your journey. So like when when did you first kind of have the thought or um, maybe like idea or feeling that you were transgender and kind of what that looked like and if the first if it took you a long time to realize what you were actually feeling, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. um, and kind of who was in that, who was like, who were you surrounded with at that time when you were making that decision? Yeah, I think like, you know, I could sit here and my whole entire story could take hours to yeah. share, because uh, it really is something that starts in your childhood, whether you have a word for it or not. I mean, I'm sure Rachel can uh, attest to, I was I was kind of messed up as a kid. Um, you know, I always thought there was something wrong with me because uh, I never felt like a normal person or how I thought a normal person felt. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, but then again, like, you know, the journey makes me who I am today, which I like, but just I guess we're trying to focus on like how I came to where I am now. Yeah. Um, I mean, Rachel always knows I never like to wear girls' clothing. You know, <laughs> it would send me into tears. Yeah. I never quite understood that. Hysteria. But it just didn't feel right to me. Uh, I had a lot of guy friends like growing up as a kid. You know, when you those gender roles don't bear down on you as much. Yeah. So I found myself like doing that, like trying to be like as manly as possible, not knowing like where that was coming from as a kid, just knowing that it made more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, tomboy, you would say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but that kind of evolved, you know, you get into like middle school and societal pre- pressures become more bearing. And so you try to, you know, change yourself to be accepted by others and to not be, you know, an outcast. So I tried a lot of that in uh, middle school, but it wasn't until I got to high school that I truly felt like I need to alter my exterior being to be accepted by everyone else. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I never like really gave into being like very girly, but throughout high school, I definitely tried and hid a lot of aspects of myself from everyone. but then it wasn't until I got to college, I came out as gay, like freshman year. And I was like, oh shit, there we go, I'm done. Like pack my bags, like 
you know, like that burden has been lifted off my shoulder and I finally don't have to come out again. And then I got whacked again, sophomore year. And I was like, weird, like my, I thought that I would feel better after coming out as gay. Like, you know, that burden would have been lifted off my shoulders. And then I started to like, you know, I think I was heavily focused on my sexuality for a long time. And I thought that was what was gonna bring me peace. So once I found that acceptance, you know, my other issues that I was repressing came to the surface and I started to just increasingly, increasingly become more uncomfortable with like my body and like how people perceived me and how, you know, I went about the world. So I started to like bind my chest and like um, I started wearing guys clothing again, like around in like sometimes in like freshman year. And then when I got home after freshman year that summer, I went to the store with my mom, which thank you, mom. I went to Sears Land's End, (laughs) bought myself some guys clothing, some shorts, some shirts, you know, things like that. Started wearing like boxers and stuff like that. And I finally started to feel safer in myself and more, you know, not accepting because I was still kind of like freaked out. I didn't know what I was still, but I started to feel better. Like that dread of putting clothes on the morning didn't hurt as much anymore. and though, and so sophomore year, I binded my chest, and I started to like become friends with some queer people on campus, and I started to learn more about the queer community. I was like, oh, I can't just, I don't have to just be gay. Like I can be, a, I can, you know, be a different version of myself that feels more in line with my truth. But I still kind of like neglect that. I was like, maybe I'm gender queer, like you know, those in between type of like more like a non-binary sense. And then junior year hit. And uh, I remember sitting, I used to, I was an RA in school, so I got to school like two weeks. I'm sorry that takes so long to tell the no, story, but. No, 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 it's your um, story, tell it. Uh, your I, <laughs> I got to school early. You know, that summer going into junior year was really hard. Um, and so I got to school and I was just so like, I was, I needed to be around my friends because I, I knew there was something like, you know, deeper going on that I needed guidance with. And my best friend, Danny, one night, the woman, the person that saved my life, for sure, um, we're sitting in my room, and she was like, dude, like, I think you're trans, and you just need to accept it. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, no. I was like, I'm not trans. Like, you know, it's something that I've maybe thought about a little bit, like, over the summer, since I started to learn the words for what I could be. But I was like, that's not something that, I think that I'd want to be, it seems fucking horrible. Yeah. It seems dreadful, honestly. And she left and went back to her room and then I literally just sat in my bed and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, I am trans and I need to just accept it. And also at this point, one of my friends, Matt, uh, he was on my RA staff and he was trans. He hadn't started uh, medically yet, but he had been out as trans and like, you know, changed his name and like, you know, put out his preferred pronouns as he, him, and stuff like that. So he really was a big uh, part of guidance for me in the transition, and he started to make me feel like it was okay to go down to this down this path. And so I started to accept it, like before my residence even moved in, like this was like wicked fast. I sat with my friends uh, that were my RA friends, and I just was writing down every E name I could think of, every G name, because my middle name is Grace every single G name I could think of and like what combination of names sounded the best because I wanted to be out 
and like introduce myself to my residents as Elijah, Eli. Mm -hmm. And so I came upon Elijah. I like Elijah. Rachel also knows why I like Elijah. Uh, there was this kid we went to school with and he was just one of the kindest, most yeah. optimistic, oh. funny, amazing people. I, I really looked up to him in high school and his name was Elijah. If you listen to this, shout out. Um, but then I picked Gabriel as my middle name. I thought I would appease our parents, pick something religious. My mom was pissed. She didn't like it. So I ended up, you know, we talked, this is in the future, but we talked about it and now it's Grayson, but it's just Grace with an N on the end. Yeah. So it kind of keeps something from the past, which I feel more and more okay with now. I wasn't too happy about it in the it. beginning. I love it too. But it's what's on my license and my birth certificate now, so <laughs> better be cool with it. So I picked the name. I came out to everyone at school, well, like all the RA people, and just like slowly, like over the next like month, couple months, like obviously I came out to my residence. I was like, I'm, my name's Eli, and I had a bun. You yeah. know, I was wearing guys clothing, but I was like, you know, I also still wasn't biting my chest like as much then. Like it wasn't until like more than that year that I started doing it every day because yeah. it's painful. Yeah. Um, so can you just say quickly like what, um, what like binding actually is? Because I don't think that people even know. Oh yeah, true. Yeah. So like you know, female to male trans people dependent on like the size of your chest. Uh, my was chest was big. I mean, most people very large. Very large. <laughs> uh, the more like negative ways of binding is taking like an ace bandage and like wrapping it really tight around your chest to like flatten it in a way to hide it. Um, but I never did that. I bought there's like it's called like GC2B or something like that. It's this company that sells binders for trans people, and they're like little like you can get ones that go all the way they down to like your chest. Corsets. Yeah. They can like there's ones that go down to like your lower stomach, but there's one that I just got the half ones. It's like a bra, and it would just one. push your chest and pull it, but it was hard to breathe. Like it was sweaty, it was horrible. Oh my god! Does yeah. it would? Oh yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like, fun. I, I I think about like when I'm like packing a bag, I'm like okay, and I need to include one sports bra that feels like I'm not wearing a bra at all yes. because. Or I'm just don't wear a bra that because it if, hurts. if it's it if I have any break. sort of compression on my mm -hmm. chest, I'm already so anxious and like one of my main like physical symptoms in my anxiety is that I like feel like I can't breathe. Yes. And if I have a t something tight on my chest, I literally am like, <gasps> yeah. oh, absolutely. And so too. thinking about that, like I remember when like he was binding, like that it used to make me very upset and like I hated that he did to had to do that because that I I own. was like thinking about oh my yeah. god if I had that on my chest like how I would feel and I was like I I remember. That that was like one of like the things that like really just like hurt me so bad and was like we were so excited when you got your top surgery because I was like you like burn that thing burn yeah. that fucking thing I hated yeah. it no more it stressed me chest. out it stressed me out so bad I know yeah they sucked yeah but it sucked too because it, it sucked wearing it but also it made you feel slightly better but yeah. then like you know like you it got to a point where you can't take it off if you're in front of people so like you know if you're sleeping over with like like you know around people or like you know it's late at night and your chest hurts and you want to take it off but you can't and then Ugh. you finally have that time alone you can like take it off but even like taking it off hurts because then you like see what you yeah. are emotionally hurts. yeah 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 it was a battle yeah yeah it's like a metaphorical a meta a metaphor for pain in every yeah. aspect yeah. you know yeah. All, yeah. the whole thing is like having that on you yeah. causes physical pain but also takes away some emotional pain but then when you take it off causes yeah, emotional pain back. yeah 
clears the physical pain. So it's like it was a lose lose for it's you. It's literally a lose lose. Yeah. It's so That's sad. Interesting. It is. It is. Yeah. Um. So obviously we know. Um. Danny is obviously kind of the first person that you really well. She kind of told you that you were yeah. coming out to her. <laughs> she made it happen. Has she Shout been out your to Danny for a long time? Oh my, like my she is literally. This girl is like whenever she's at her house, like everyone is just like she's so amazing. Oh, I she's love like that. She's so amazing. Aww. Like having her in your home, you just like it feels so much lighter when she's there. Um, it's she's such a beautiful person. Um, but so obviously Danny is really like in your close friends at school or obviously the first per- people that you came out to and everything and I think that at school like thank thankfully like thank god you were put you were meant to go to Roger Williams because like who knows if you went anywhere else like how, where you would be right now um so I'm so glad that you had those friends at school that were able to help you um with your transition but obviously when you come home to Hanover mm-hmm. things are completely different when you come home home to our house and you have to kind of break the news to every the four other people living with you and everything like that can let you want to explain kind of how that process went yeah okay so I came out junior year and then um I came out to Rachel first can mm-hmm. I tell the actual story yeah <laughs> so I picked her up from Quan's giving at good old Quan's kitchen in Hanover for the little uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving reunion Eve. Thanksgiving Eve Quan's giving <laughs> I was plastered. Plastered. That's so funny. I we was, always go to a Chinese food place too. <laughs> I was plastered, like so drunk, so drunk. Oh and he picked me up. Okay, you can tell the rest yeah. of the story. And I just, I felt like that was the night to tell her. And, yeah, that must um, be your friend because you told me when I was drunk. Yeah, I told Kat when she was drunk too. Maybe I just felt better about it because they were you know, in their feels already. I don't know. <laughs> And we got into the driveway, and I don't know how I said it. I don't really. I don't know. either. But I, I just obviously remember. don't really remember that much. But I feel like you were like. I need to tell you okay. something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And I told her. We cried. I said that I picked the name Elijah, and she was like, "Oh, because Elijah." And I was like, "Yep." And we cried a lot. And then I remember mom texting us, and then we like went inside, and she was like, "What were you guys out there for?" And I was like. Like freaked out, and I was like, we were just talking. It was horrible. But uh, and then I came out to Cat. Uh, Wait, so next. at this point, when you came out to Rachel, what did your parents know about no. you? Nothing. 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 They didn't know that you were gay. They no, didn't. Know no, they anything? know. They they knew that I liked okay. girls and okay. stuff like but that. But they weren't but sure about. They didn't know about that. I mean, rest. I'm sure they yeah. probably had I, their inklings. Yeah, like even I was like, I remember he told me, and I was like, oh, okay, and like. In my head, I'm like, okay, like, whatever. And then I was kind of just like, I remember afterwards being like, really? Or, like, not really? Like, yeah. I was kind of like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I also was, I mean, it's a huge Well, you change. probably took it at face value at first. Like, oh, okay, yeah, you're Elijah. Exactly. Cool. Without thinking about yeah, every Processing aspect. everything. Yeah. And I remember the next day texting my best friend Casey and was like, so you, uh, Emily told me that he she is transgender it's like hard for me to even say that now weird (laughs) yeah um but said that she is transgender and Casey was like oh okay yeah maybe like it was just like it was like okay yeah maybe but it was like it was a 
trying to just reiterate the fact that like my parents had no idea no we none of us were like so it was also confusing for you because yeah like it's just me that knows this like who yeah else knows well, that this? Was a, i was like you need to tell cat yeah. asap <laughs> and he was like you're going through this like yeah. and i was like you need to tell alone. someone because i need to be able to talk to yeah. someone about this <laughs> exactly. so tell your sister <laughs> and you waited like a, a whole month because yeah, he told, told me things he told me thanksgiving and then he told her christmas <laughs> so i knew for i knew for a whole month month and like i told casey like I, whatever i, I was crazy. i was like he obviously like i tell casey everything so it's like whatever he can't even be mad at me for that but like i was like you need to tell cat because i need to be able to talk to her about this like you cannot wait any longer and he waited a whole month it was torture it's a slow process it's know, emotionally know, draining to do it All right, but regardless so- i came out to cat she was drunk <laughs> and i remember this one more vividly neither one of us got emotional she was just like okay <laughs> She was like, that. and I was like, you know what this means, right? And she was like, yeah. And I, she was like, I don't give a fuck. And I was like, okay. And I was like, that was very anticlimactic, but all right. Like, no real, like, so she was, you know, whatever. But then I, like, I had to, like, go to therapy in order to, like, supposed to, like, get, like, so you can get your tea and stuff. So I was like, why not do it at school when I don't have to pay for it? Mm. So I was doing that, and I was just talking to my therapist a lot about I didn't know how to tell my parents. Because every single time I talked to my parents like, before transitioning, it's not, it's not bad now, but I would get like emotional and like cry yeah. and I never would be able to get out the words that I wanted to get out mm. in the way that I wanted to get them out. And I just dreaded having that in-person conversation because mm. I knew it was going to be bad. So I wrote this super fucking long letter <laughs> with like letter. terminology in it, like pictures of like trans guys so they could understand that it's like a normal thing. Yeah and stuff like that and like i just wrote it all out and i was like open and real about it and i was like if you want the, like if you know if you want me to honestly if you want me to be alive then you need to like accept this and like we need to move on as a family because if you don't then i don't know where i'm gonna be yeah to be well i had an idea <laughs> that's another story but um i wrote the letter i gave it i came i went home gave it to rachel and then i made i made her give it to them or like leave it for them, but I le- left the letter on my mom's bed and I booked it out of the house so fast, <laughs> so fast. I was like, "Peace out! I'm leaving for like the entire weekend. See you never." Yeah. Ran out of the house. So I gave it to her, and they and like I did. I remember texting Cat and asking her if they read it, and she was like, "Yeah, I think they did." And they just didn't talk to me for like they just didn't reach out to me for like a day. And then, so a lot, I had a lot well, of anxiety. Taking the time to, yeah. I, that I respect that of them yeah. because they're, they're usually very, very reactive. reactive people. And I'm glad that they took the day yeah. before they reached out to you so that they could process their emotions because it, the conversation, I'm sure, would have gotten, gone very yeah. differently, right? That's right. Yeah, so especially, I, like, with, yeah. especially with a parent, you know, yeah. because even in the perspective of like anything we tell them that could be necessarily like different from what their mind had you know every parent has a baby and is like immediately when they have the baby i'm sure they all go through this thought of a future yeah Yeah. and that's not part of their plan so they're like wait what (laughs) hold on yeah it throws a wrench in place absolutely which people especially people in that generation yeah have a hard time time with yeah yeah Yeah. the change is hard all right so continue but uh dad texted me first i got out of class i was walking home like back to my dorm whatever 
and uh, I remember getting it, and I was like, I can't read this right now, or I'm going to break down in tears. So I, like, hurried back to my room, opened the text, and just, like, immediately started bawling my eyes out. And it was, like, tough pill to swallow, but, like, I'm behind you, blah, 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 blah. Your mom is just worried about medical issues, like, medical, like, complications of it. All this kind of whatever stuff. But then mom texted me, and she said, I can't remember what she said. But she's not gonna like to hear. I know she's not. I mean, if you want me to really go in the depths and pull up these text messages, I bet I could. (laughs) But it was just a very emotional day. I honestly don't. I remember bits and pieces of it, but um, it was a big wait. I think it was like a like an an April when it happened. Hmm. I don't know why I think of April 9th, but it might have not been April 9th. But I just remember dreading going home to have like an in-person conversation so i went and saw a like social worker at thunder mist which if anybody who's like a baby trans trying to figure things out thunder mist is a dope place to go thunder mist Mist, woonsocket rhode island i saw a social worker there that he was also trans so i could get like a clearer picture about what my next step should be Mm -hmm. so i can start to like medically transition but also like legally um Mm -hmm and stuff so I met with him and I came home with like all this information because I was like also I want to like and I made an appointment with the doctor you were being proactive, proactive. yeah and Good I was plan. like I ain't backing down so yeah. uh I like came home uh we didn't talk about it for like honestly a really long time when I was home and then I remember it was like before I was gonna like leave so like we put it off the whole weekend or something wow and I don't remember this. I don't think I was. With I don't think anybody was really home. Cat might have been home, but I remember like having the conversation. There was a lot of crying, like definitely a lot of me being pissed off because I was like, I don't think they understood like the gravity of the situation. I was like, either you accept this or we're done, like type of thing. Because like I knew I wasn't gonna be alive if I like kept doing it the way I was doing it. So like I tried to get that across to the like to them and stuff. But then after that, it was slow. And, like, Dad was honestly my biggest vector of anxiety through the whole thing because I was so nervous about him specifically. Mm-hmm. And he ended up being the best about it. He was yeah, the first one to call was... me Eli. He was the first one to use he, him pronouns yeah. and stuff. Like, not, like, to call oh, mom. Mom. Mom was really bad at mom it. Mom was really bad I, at it. And, Mom, sometimes really you still do Moms it, and it really makes me mad. Dipper a deeper a deeper connection to yeah. each child that they so, have though you know for sure so let me just touch on that because it, it was actually like i knew that in your situation i knew that dad was your biggest kind of ops not obstacle but your the number one person that you had the most concern about um with accepting everything and how he was going to go about how he was going to act and all those kinds of things my dad's very republican straight Republican straightforward is very stubborn does not have his mind changed easily but it like is a great person yeah. but I mean this just goes to show like he's he, too, right? no, he, he no he's, he's not really religious he if anything he's like a yogi more than yeah. he's religious he's like very low-key I think with his like spirit he ha- I think he has more of a spirituality than like a religion really but whatever um but it was really crazy when you came out. He was literally, it was like a light switch. And he was like, Eli, he, his, blah, blah, blah. Like, it never slipped up, really, ever. I, like, still, like, to this day have, re- I think I can count on one hand in the last, like, almost three years that he's slipped up. 
and which is crazy um, because I slip up all the time and I don't really do it much anymore but at first it was re- it's really fucking hard mm-hmm. it's really hard because yeah. it's like I've spent the last 22 years of my life knowing you as Emily and as my sister and as she whatever and it's a really hard to shake that habit like think about how hard it is to get rid of like a normal habit let alone like a subconscious one that you've been with for 22 years straight like no interruption you know what I mean yeah absolutely so it was really difficult for me and I felt so fucking bad about it but at the same time you were oh my god he would get so mad of course i can imagine <laughs> and you were on you know, like starting tea and stuff so you're like legit roid rage yeah. um but he would get so fucking mad and then it would make me so fucking mad because i was like i'm fucking I'm trying. trying sorry i, I just swore so much but no, okay. i was like i'm trying so hard but it's really really difficult and yeah. i'm not doing it in a malicious way whatsoever like i'm really am trying to say it but it's like you're the motor like you're yeah you're it's literally just like muscle memory yeah like just saying it it just flows out of your mouth and you're like Shit. yeah wait it's can so we, hard can we think about like a learning point at this point right now so for example I went to Bridgewater State for undergrad and we had, um, I was in a sorority, so we had like a lot of like um, speakers that would come in and learning seminars, whatever. Um, And one speaker that came in was the head of the LGBTQ, is it now A? LGBTQ or just, no? I think it varies. It does matter, okay. Um, Come in and she talked about pronouns. So a big thing, for me, when we were thinking about this episode, was how can we, because a lot of people listening to this episode are around our age or younger, um, how can we, as we go forward in our lives, whether we have children, we're surrounded by children, um, the younger generations, how can we promote inclusivity when -hmm. it comes to pronouns in a way that makes it less difficult when we experience these things? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any insight on that through your experience? The big like thing, especially like uh, now as people are being more open, is uh, reducing the stigma of introducing yourself. Like, hi, my name is Elijah. I use he/him pronouns. Like something like that. Like I found a lot of that like towards the end of like my schooling at Roger Williams, is that like some speakers would come up and be like, hi, my name is like Lisa Blank. Like I use she/her pronouns. Like. Mm-hmm. Or, like, someone will come up and be like, my name is, like, I don't know, Joe, and I use they, them pronouns. Like, just destigmatizing, like, mm-hmm. the idea of pronouns. Also, like, recognizing, because it's in the dictionary, that they, them can be used as singular pronouns. Mm-hmm. So the people that are, like, like, I get, like, if you're, like, trans and you're transitioning to, like, use the opposite, like, pronouns that you used before. But sometimes people don't identify with that. Mm-hmm. But they're, like they them pronouns like that's supposed to be multiple people like that's confusing and like stay taking a step back and realizing that it has nothing to do with you at all, at all. Mm-hmm. so buzz off yeah if you don't want to have the respect for someone to use their correct pronouns then you're clearly not someone that they should have in their life so like either like buck up and be like respectful and like learn to accept someone like as they are and like use the pronouns that they want that they identify with because as much as like sometimes people like will be like oh my god i feel so bad for using the wrong pronouns 
like at least for me every single time someone would use the wrong wrong pronouns especially like now when i'm this far in my transition it honestly feels like a knife in the heart like it hurts and then like you could have like the best day in the world like where you're feeling good and that one like pronoun like it just sends back like all of these emotions and these memories and all these feelings and like it like it takes it it can take a turn and it gets better as you go through your transition it gets easier and easier to deal with but like it's still like it's like me walking around our house now and I see pictures of me before my transition Mm. and like there used to be worse ones off like senior pictures from like high school which is like I can't look at one of those pictures without like feeling like disgusting Mm. but like just walking around it's like every single time you either get like a pronoun that's not your pronoun or like see a picture like it just brings back painful memories but back on to what you can do about it it's just normalize it yeah you know like it's not you know there used to be like a world where like you know there were multiple genders and like different gender Mm -hmm. expressions and stuff and somewhere in history we closed ourselves off to that in this western society Mm -hmm. that it seems so obscure when in reality it's something that's been around for millennium you know like we used to be a less strict world and I think we find ourselves breaking apart from that now in like recent years but just doing the work to like normalize it like if you hear someone like you know especially purposely using someone's like like using a dead name which would be like my dead name would be Emily or like using the wrong pronouns like calling them out and being like that's not respectful like Mm -hmm. you have enough respect to call someone like Mrs. This when they change their name or like you know using like that's someone good, like yeah that's, that's a, a great point analogy, yeah. there was like there's a meme or something out there and it's like you know you you'll do miss mr mrs like you know someone changes their like last name like, no problem like, no problem, like mm-hmm. or doctor this like you take the time to like respect someone in that way yeah and like obviously there's slip ups like i expected it like my friends slipped up at school like mm-hmm. stuff like that it's expected and that's like a natural part of like the process which i expected it's just like when it gets like like i'm like three i'll be like three years medically transitioned this summer mm-hmm. uh but even longer like because it was over it was like a year before that that i started to come out to like people at school or close yeah. to a year so i've been out for a while so it seems normal to me um and seems more myself so when it hear it now like it kind of like you know throws you back yeah i can and i under, i get that like i feel like i would feel the same exact way if i was in your position like just like, come on already like figure it out um i think now where we're at in your transition like i feel like you're not even i mean i would you still consider yourself like in the transition stage i mean it's always a transition because like you know um it wasn't that long ago i got surgery yeah which was like maybe a year and a half ago maybe yeah. a little less but like i'm just saying like now i feel like when if people slip up like i think it's like a true slip up yeah like i don't think it's not like it's not like non-accepting yeah exactly it's like a legitimate mistake like i feel like you've kind of filtered all those people out of your life at this point yeah i would yeah Yeah. exactly so it's like more of just like a mistake but i still get that that like fucking sucks when you hear it but definitely not malicious or anything i feel like it's just the natural part of the process too yeah yes like it, it kind of like in a way if you look at it positive like the feelings that you the negative feelings you have when someone uses the wrong pronoun or the dead name or whatever it reminds you that you're on the right path that you're becoming even more your truer more authentic self Mm. because it's showing you like yeah you're right like that older version of you like hurts 
and like it's not your true self so like keep moving forward and keep trying to find like your authentic self because it will make you feel better like yeah I definitely like it's weird like once I got through my transition especially after having surgery every single like month I look back or every day like I look back and I'm like wow like I'm truly happier than I was before like I just become like more and more happy which is crazy because like I think like before I didn't realize like you know in the state that I was in until I finally like came out of it Mm -hmm. like you don't understand like what true happiness is and I think I'm getting closer to that so it's like kind of it's a beautiful journey honestly it's kind of fun that's a really good point Eli I I also think it's really crazy to think our impacts that we have on other people when it comes to normalizing and destigmatizing um this topic in general and I experience it was interesting and ironic I experienced a conversation kind of relatively to what we're talking about tonight um I was at work and I work as an in-home therapist so I was at a family's home and it was the, the day of the inauguration so we had it on they played it on Nickelodeon for kids at night so we had it on and all the kids watched it and it was really cool and one of the kids asked his parents or set, made a comment to his parents like oh there's two there was two um sign people doing sign language and he was like oh one of them is a boy and one of them is a girl and I it was weird because in that moment I was kind of thinking like it's so interesting to me how kids just label people like that and like in these in this day and age for me anyway I never do that anymore because I try I really try to be mindful when it comes to that obviously your natural instinct when you see somebody that looks like a girl they're a girl or you, yeah. see, you know that's biology um in the term of human nature and what you see but um in that moment I kind of thought that quickly and it was so interesting that a family I, I not to say I never would expect this from them but it was um what's the word, like, inspiring to watch. Yeah. Um, the dad immediately stepped in and was like, well, you actually don't know that. They didn't tell you they were a girl That's or a boy. Wow. Yeah, and I was That's like, really beautiful. wow. You never see that. I, like, almost started mm-hmm. to cry because oh I'm like, God. how cool that this parent, yeah. without even thinking about it, like, immediately, it was just like, well, you actually don't know that. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it was really That's cool. Really and I was awesome. like, this is, it's, no coincidence that that came up before this like it kind of made me feel more connected to this topic and more like aware of how I am with the younger generation because it's true you have to teach them that it is you know it's all about what you learn and And we weren't taught that I wasn't oh my god no it was never even when we were little it was never even something that was considered no I never even knew about it and you don't uh, until I was too old I don't even want to admit when I you know like I didn't know that that because I didn't experience it and my my siblings didn't exactly and the people my close bubble around me didn't so how would I know of course and like I say it all the time too like people like I mean we don't really talk about it anymore it's kind of just like I mean if I meet new people obviously it's like a discussion but people when you were Eli was first transitioning was like oh my god well like you're like you're like a wicked accepting person so like he's fine like you guys are like the great like the best family like you guys are all so supportive like it would never be an issue and like it it really wasn't like it was wasn't ever like an issue obviously it was a a huge like change change, but it was never like a negative issue but like I I always would say like you 
I always was someone that was like, I don't care if you're trans, gay, whatever the heck you are. Like, it doesn't matter to me. I don't, like, it doesn't affect my life. I don't care. But when it happens to you personally and like this close to home, like it has a lot more heaviness to it because you know it's I and people say it all the time like you really do have to like mourn the loss of someone Mm -hmm. like we had to mourn the loss of our sister Mm -hmm. which obviously now is like I would mourn the loss of my sister any day of the week to like have Eli in my life um but it was a very difficult transition and you obviously and you really just you're never gonna understand it obviously on like in fully until unless you experience it yourself that close to home um which obviously not a lot of people are not as many people experience um but it is like it it takes it a whole it takes it to a whole nother level Mm -hmm. and like i would never say i wouldn't say that like we were never supportive or anything but like it was very difficult yeah and like you almost kind of have like your um your not ju- not judgments like um doubts yeah. and frustrations like and it's why, really hard why and are you having to deal with this type of situation exactly too. and like i think there's a lot of emotions that and a lot of different kind of periods of transition that you go through especially as a family um and we like as accepting and as happy as we are now and as close as we are now as a family like does not we had our bad days for sure I can think of a couple off the top of my head that I will never forget like really bad days especially after because obviously he's starting testosterone so you're getting testosterone injections at the beginning once it's still once a week at the beginning too wow so obviously it's like if you're on steroids pretty much yeah, you get. You, I want to explain what it's like. In your body naturally. You do, but it's still like it's no, like a master, a, mo- like monster a, shot of testosterone. Yeah, why it's not? really yeah. impactful. And yes, yeah, so it's like having roid rage. Do you think that this made you guys, as a family, as siblings, all closer? Oh my god, yeah. yeah. I think it made us closer because you know it's it's such a hard thing to like explain or like for someone to get unless they've had like the experience that I've had but like I'm trying to think of a word to like put to it but you're just like at least for me I was just so angry for so long and so lost and confused but didn't have any words for it and I put up walls like 20 feet high and never let like anyone in like I don't think any of them really ever realized how messed up as I as I, I as a kid like kid too like I have like memories like honestly like I don't like remember a time where like I felt like they used my mom says all the time like I used to not speak so like as long as you can remember yeah Yeah. and I had it all the time Eli used to be a legit mute and ever since he transitioned he can't shut the fuck up (laughs) like legit like oh you just like it feels like honestly this is a word to put it it feels like you're the living dead like you're literally dead to an extent, but you have to put a mask on every day to live and to show people that you're still alive, mm. even though you know that you're not. Like, it's it's a weird feeling because, like, I still experienced happiness as a kid, for sure. Like, not every moment was sad, but to be so lost and so confused and not have a word for it or have anybody recognize how lost you are and want to do anything to... Like, they both, like, went to therapy as a kid and I feel like not to compare like um, like trauma in a way. I was definitely the most fucked up out of all of us. Mm-hmm. 
but no one knew it because I did it to myself. I put up walls like wicked high, but as a kid, like I put up those walls in a defense because I was so afraid because I didn't know what I was. I thought there was something wrong with me. Um, but eventually those walls started to come down. And even like in the beginning of my transition, uh, I feel like I still had a lot of my walls up. And then going like off onto the talk about like what tea, like how it affects you, like it really affects your mood. It makes you really angry. Um, to an extent, it affects everyone just differently. My friend had even worse mood swings. Mine like were more, more controlled, but it definitely like messed, messed me up. Like it was my senior year, so I started June 22nd, 2018. Mm -hmm. um, and not only like I cut my hair right before the start of senior year, so that was a new change for me. Uh, and I was still binding my chest and my chest was big. So like, you know, I didn't like the way that I looked, but I also was starting to look more the way that I wanted to look. So it was a good feeling, but also like kind of, you're still perceived by everyone else in the world as your outward appearance. And my outward appearance didn't reflect my inward appearance, I would say. Mm -hmm. And so that was rough. And then your emotions, like I would say I was pretty messed up still senior year. Yeah. Um, that was a lot of the anger because like my anger was like a, like you know put on if we want to say it's steroids like you know all like the feelings that i had were like in overdrive at some points do you know what specifically is in that like that was causing that or no I is think, it just a bunch of different things like like in the in yeah like what what specifically is it like is I it think just it's, literally just straight testosterone yeah oh. but it's like going through puberty again okay so like think about like guys during puberty like right you know being angry like angsty teen type yeah, of like situation going also on. my voice was cracking that yeah, was so was like, so you were going literally from yeah. I was going through puberty wow. as a senior in college, and it was <laughs> yeah. It was like honestly, like it was like leaving one hell and going into another. Well, right. But it was like low key, like more fun because I finally for the first time saw like a light. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So like I. But it was knew frustrating that, as hell. Yeah. So you were probably like. It was wreaking havoc yeah. towards everyone else in the meantime. Right? Oh God, it was yeah. havoc. It was it was crazy. Like I couldn't go home for winter break. I mean, I could have if I wanted to, but I stayed at at school for winter break, not Christmas, but the rest of it, because I knew that like it wasn't a good idea to be home in yeah. that state. Yeah. And like just like because it made me angry every single time I'd hear like you know my dead name or the wrong pronoun, it would send me into like. An un uncontrollable and rage. in a way in a way you were reminded by all these people that you love so much that are in your family like of this past life yeah. Yeah. because they were a part of right. it so yeah, it wasn't like you were so leaving true. that behind yeah. and it's they're coming with you to the next life so let's right? go right like it's but the, it takes time yeah it's the idea of like everybody mourning someone that they mm -hmm. loved but you don't mourn them at all because you hated them it almost reminds me of like I mean, this is obviously very different, but if you lose a parent and your parent starts dating somebody new, mm -hmm. that transition of understanding love on a whole different level yeah. takes different times for everyone. Some people yeah. are happy and welcoming of new people and new um, situations of love, right? But some people are closed off to that yeah. and are like afraid and not sure. And even though it's not their... It doesn't matter what you feel, you know? It doesn't matter what everyone else feels about 
that it all that matters is the person that's in the situation but it's still hard for those people it kind of reminds me of that you know yeah definitely and like I think that's something this is like personal for me I don't know Kat may feel the same way um not really because me and Eli had a different relationship than Kat and Eli did but um when I was kind of mourning Emily I felt like I I wasn't really upset about it I was more like I was kind of like excited almost because I knew we didn't have that great of a relationship and I was you know hoping like all right like hopefully this is it like this is what's gonna make him happy and then if he's happier then we're gonna have a better relationship and like things are gonna be better again because like we really had a nasty relationship growing up we had a really nasty relationship because I and I think about it all the time now I've always been someone that's always like constantly on the go 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 like I can't I have had I struggle really badly with like trying to slow down like trying to appreciate all the things that I've done and like not just like go on to the next thing like feeling like I'm constantly having to like succeed in something and Eli was the laziest fucking human I have ever met in my life growing up and it used to make me really angry like he would be sleeping until like two o'clock in the afternoon I was just gonna say but really it makes so much sense yeah it does but I'm like I would get so angry and I would it would make it made me literally resent you so much but like now I can look back on it and I know it's because I just had that own insecurity that I'm not able to do that I can't do that like I can't shut my mind off and do that and I can realize that now but in the time like I remember it made me so fucking mad all the time and I would be like you're so lazy you never do anything you never help to blah blah like do something blah blah like probably also subconsciously knew that what he was doing was making him depressed more yeah you know like your subconscious was aware of the fact that laying in bed and doing those things and not being active and not doing anything makes you not feel good yeah for sure and so I remember being so I used to be always we used to fight all the fucking time and so when you first started transitioning I was very hopeful I was like I hope that this brings out a new light in him that like we're able to connect on a deeper level and like have a better sibling relationship and then when you started T and you were like roid raging around I feel like I mom subjected was subjected to a lot of it and I feel like I was subjected yeah. to a lot of it and I I know that a lot of it came from like misusing pronouns and everything and slipping up um but it's just underlying too like un- it's hard yeah to like, you know. I feel like you just let your rage yeah. out on me all at once and I would I remember thinking like I and I probably had said it multiple times too to you like if this is how you're gonna be like don't fucking don't speak to me like we're not having a relationship like if you're gonna be an asshole then like bye like I don't want to deal with it if this is how you're gonna be if you're a man like no yeah. like it I'm not allowing this to, into my life like yeah and so like I it was really bad I will never forget it the, this one day we were on family on a family vacation in the Cape no don't tell we were story. I'm not gonna say what you said but we were on the beach having a grand old time hanging out on the beach and that was when I like first started too. this is when he first started tea and I was like oh my god nope I am I am not signing on to this fucking journey no thanks and I don't even remember how it got caught like brought up but something was said, and then Eli went at me so hard, 
nastiest things I have ever heard someone say about me so bad in front of my mom, in front of my dad, in front of our friends, in front of a lot of people. Oh, some people. A a decent amount of people. And I literally sat there and I just remember bawling my eyes out because I couldn't believe how nasty you were to me and like my dad and my best friend like going at him like flipping out that he was like so like he was like you cannot say that like what is wrong with you and I remember being like nope I'm done I'm not dealing with this anymore he can do it by himself if he's gonna be an asshole I'm not dealing with this like it was so bad it's just so bad like I think what changed me and like now I have more control over it like my emotions were like a flux like in the beginning like it's no like control to be had over it it's just something that had to take its course and it wasn't really that bad like not all the time like no, that was like the but worst thing that was ever. just like one of the bad times but like really bad time. I but think wait, like can what I ask gave, you a question yeah. now your perception Eli is an amazing person and ha- is so insightful now your perception if you could give advice to somebody who experiences something like that so a friend comes to you and is like my brother just said these crazy things to me like so horrible the worst things ever what would you what would how would you perceive that what was the reason why they were propelling that negativity what would you say i think like it's important to recognize like when you're a vector for someone's aggression during that like phase of trying to like equal yourself out it's not about you. Exactly. Like, I'm so glad you said that. I was hoping yeah, you would. <laughs> it's not about you, like, at all. Like, it's, like, like you. everyone feels this. Like, your emotions are, like, bottling to the surface. And it's, like, it's like you shake in a bottle of, of uh, soda. Mm-hmm. And you, like, untake the top. And it just, like, it flies right. out. And it doesn't matter who it's at. It doesn't it's matter just, who boom, it's at. You're there, it just it's goes at you. out. And especially for me, I spent a long time being quiet. And allowing people to like walk all over me and stuff like that which was like one of my biggest issues and like I took hurtful like comments like she used to be really mean to me <laughs> and that bottled up like anger was easier for me to express once I started tea so like I just like ball a rocket oh, like, yeah. you know but like it was like constant word vomit yeah <laughs> not all the time though like we can't but like but at the beginning but at it the was beginning, it, and that's why i separated myself from home i like used to go home every weekend and like senior year i like barely went home because you knew because yourself yeah. this is not going to be good right? and i need and, to ride this course right? out yeah, and like the nice. environment for me at school was a lot better for my mental health than it was at home and i knew that yeah because like even if it was intentional or non-intentional like all the things going around like even just like being in the house and like seeing old pictures of me like it was bad for me like in the beginning of my transition so like I just spent more time at school and my friends were all really good about it and they slipped up too I wouldn't get mad at them though like you know because <laughs> but it's easy but you know it's easiest to take it your is, anger out on someone that you know loves you and like would put up with it yeah, you know yeah. but I'm I'm definitely way out of that wave now I have way more control over my emotions and my words I don't think I'm mean at all anymore honestly no. And that's the funniest thing now is to look back on that. And that's why I had I don't didn't care about sharing that story of when you were awful because like now because you were kind of always a little bit mean growing up. Because I had so you much. You had not. Yeah, exactly. And I know that. I'm not saying that it was un like warranted. whatever warranted exactly. Yeah. But I'm just saying like you were used to be a very negative person with a lot of shit to say negatively when you did talk. And now it's like a complete 360 of like the person that you are now. It's like amazing. And 
you are literally like the kindest most open-minded like welcoming soul and it's so easy to talk to you and so easy to open up to you and you give really amazing and like I think very thought out advice um and you're very I think now we're able to we have a lot better a lot easier time as a our own relationship and as a family like just saying what we need to say in the moment and just saying like this is how I feel right now and I like you doing this is upsetting me or that you doing this is like overwhelming me and I can't have this conversation right now and we've been able to have a far better relationship because of it um but yeah it's like it's crazy it's like a completely different person and like I'm so grateful every day and I say it all the time to people who like ever asked me like about like what it was like for our transition and like how our relationship is now because of it and I say all the time like I if you never went through this transition I don't think we would have a relationship and like that's whether or not you were even here still on this earth which I know was definitely a that was up in the air if this transition didn't happen um but even if you were like our relationship as sisters I don't know would exist if you were still the person that you used to be and I'm really grateful for that every day because I think we have a really beautiful relationship now and um you're someone that I count on every day to kind of be in my life and give me guidance and I've learned so much from you um I know our whole family has learned so much from you I know a lot of my closest friends have learned a lot from us as a family and Mm. as and from you as being just so strong and courageous and truly just saying fuck it and living your your highest self like living as your highest self and it's really inspirational thank you (laughs) i think that comes a lot with like once i broke through like the uh initial transition like and found more like stability i found like a greater sense of like inner peace and when i spent like before like the majority of my energy on fighting my like inner demons and like being so in my head all the time about like negative things once I like finally broke out of that and like became like more and more transition got through like more of it like the best parts of myself started to come through more because like I had those walls up and the easiest thing to let out of those walls was anger you know so like finally when I let like those things fall down and I allowed myself to feel love for myself for the first time um I still work on it but I think that it allows you to operate and function in this world with a higher level of empathy and understanding and like just light. Absolutely. I think it's important too to understand that when you talk about still trying to find that love within yourself, that's one aspect that I think you share with every single person Mm -hmm. um, that I think can maybe be disguised for you in the sense of this is your journey that you're going on and you feel like you're behind the eight ball when it comes to loving yourself. But I too work on that every day of yeah. trying to love myself. So I think in many aspects, you're in a really good place. Yeah. Um, and to recognize within yourself and say, you know, you love yourself incredibly to even go through this journey and to share this with everybody yeah. and um, feel so 
confident in who you are as Eli and be able to propel your love in a way that is helping others but also helping yourself and accepting where you're at currently but also recognizing that you know I have a lot more work to continue to do everybody's got work to do right absolutely yeah well I was just gonna actually say like for you had something to say I had something to say and now I can't think of what I was gonna say um what'd you say do you want me to fill the air with some time (laughs) Eli has has plenty of I have plenty to say well what do you okay I feel like I had something to say too oh the cost we didn't talk anything about the cost of medically transitioning which I think is really insightful yeah in general because I think that's insightful for a lot of people who have no idea that's actually where my mind was at yeah if there's somebody who's a baby trans that's listening to this and wants to (laughs) transition medically uh, it all starts with finding a doctor who could prescribe to you testosterone or if you're a trans woman, estrogen. Um, I'm going to speak to my experience as a trans man because I don't know a whole lot uh, the other way around. But uh, I see Dr. Kavanaugh at Thunder Mist, which I can't even see anymore because my insurance doesn't cover it, which sucks. Mm-hmm. But oh, that's crazy. Um, I went and saw him. Uh, basically, if you're under the age of 18, you need a parent's you need like a guardian to sign a uh, informed consent saying that you can start. Uh, also, I know like a lot of like younger kids, uh, you can take like hormone blockers while you wait to be on testosterone or estrogen. Uh, that's another thing to look into. I, that's not part of my experience. Um, but all you have to do 18 plus is if you go to a place like Thunder Mist or Fenway in Boston, um, all you have to do is sign an informed consent saying you're accepting the risks of like taking this stuff, whatever, whatever. And then you go back for the next time and they give you your shot. And you can either do um, a shot a week, a shot every two weeks. It can either be IM, like intramuscular or sub Q, like under the skin. Uh, there's also an option of gel, which you put on every single day. Uh, like on your arms or your chest or whatever, but then you have to let it dry and wash it off. And if you come in contact with someone with the gel on and you touch them, it can transfer to them. So you have to be careful of that. I never did that. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. So if you had like a significant other um, and like you weren't washing it off completely, like you could like transfer the testosterone to their system. Oh my God. Yeah. But the shots are usually like the route that most people go. Um, If you can have someone, Rachel does my shots for me. Uh, they suck but also like you get used to it I wouldn't be afraid of it like it's just like it's it's like for me a shot every week for the rest of my life like it's something you just have to come to terms with mm-hmm. um, but starting testosterone is amazing um, the changes are a little slow and then they start to speed up wicked fast and then they start to slow again I'm in a slow period now where it's like just little things like really? here and there I feel like you're hairy as hell right now. Wait, can I ask a question yeah. that might be a little... You don't have to answer No, you can ask. Um, do you think it was hard for you when your voice started to change with your family, like extended family, like not yeah. your immediate, because obviously they're kind of seeing it at the pace it's going, whereas right. like seeing extended family, they're yeah. not. It was weird seeing people like... So in the beginning, like that takes like 
a little while, but once I got to school, so I started June 22nd and I got to school like mid-August, my voice started cracking. Mm. But then the next time I came home, I feel like it wasn't as bad. But I can't remember the time in which it like really dropped because it definitely wasn't as deep as Did it is now. Did you have like a very feminine voice before? No. I don't think yeah. so. Not really. Because I, I don't definitely think I not. have a feminine voice. Like I feel like my no. voice is yeah. kind of a lower tone for a yeah. while. Yeah. Yo, you definitely had like a lower yeah. toned, not yeah. a female voice at all, but yeah. not very feminine. Yeah. I think it was lower, I don't really which was remember. Good. I don't either. Either. Like that's mm-hmm. the weirdest thing. Like. I spent a majority of my life as my I want I don't want to see my past self because I'm still the same person but like that version of me and I've so I spent way less time like as I am now but like this just feels so right that I feel like this is the way I was supposed to be the whole time that I honestly kind of forget sometimes about what it was like before mm-hmm. um, but the voice change was freaking amazing uh, but it definitely takes some time uh, did you wake up and you were like no. Whoa, it's here. But, like, you start to, <laughs> but you start to, like, not, like, psych yourself out, but, like, get excited. Like, all of a sudden, like, your voice will drop, like, mega deep. And, like, <laughs> and, like in the beginning, and you're like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. My voice is changing already. <laughs> and then, like, two seconds later, it's, like, wicked high. Yeah. Like, Fuck. <laughs> but my voice definitely still gets, like, higher when I get excited. Or, like, when I'm, like, having, like, fun or something like that. But then it will drop down. I, the, the weirdest thing, too, is, like, this far... Like, it'll be three months, three months, oh, God, three years on T this June, I think. I honestly can't keep track. Um, but I don't even know where I was going with that. Oh, my voice. It still yeah. fluctuates, I feel like. So, yeah. like. It still fluctuates. Okay, so that was great, all that information. But bringing it back to your family, like, what did yeah. you do? Like, what did they ask questions, like your extended family? like, well, the, Or did your parents kind of take so the reins on that? When I started T. We went in July on a huge camping trip with all of our family. Mm-hmm. And so I had my mom like texted my aunts and my aunts told all my cousins that mm-hmm. I came out. And then I went and told specifically one cousin, Chris, like in person. And that was very emotional. I cried. Mm-hmm. But, That's nice. um, but when we finally got to the camping trip, I don't think my, my voice had like started to change a little bit because I remember Chris saying something be like, what's up with your voice? Are you sick? And oh. I was like, and my I was, friend, yeah, my, yeah, Chris my too. friend Chris that was with us on the trip, not my cousin. And I was like, no, Chris. I was like, I came on his chance. I started tea, and he was really good about it. Oh, yeah. So well, so the first Chris two, the first couple of people that I told, well, I told Casey the day I found out because I was like, okay, I have to, I have to tell her right now. Um, and so she knew, and she's like, Casey and Eli have a really good relationship, yeah. and so do Casey and Kat. Um, but one of my other best friends since legit preschool, Chris. Um, I knew he would never have. He, I knew he would be completely fine with it, and I knew he would probably be like, "Yeah, no fucking shit." Um, <laughs> but I wanted to give Eli that like chance to kind of like tell him himself, because it was kind of just like, I feel like you were finally able to have like a different relationship with him, yeah. um, because he he is like amazing, and he's one of my are like so close to us and our f- whole family, and so I think it was really it was nice the timing that everything happened like we were on that camping trip and you were able to like share that moment with him kind of it was an interesting time because some people were using like he him pronouns trying to call me Eli Legend and other people like weren't at all and I was like (laughs) yeah Yeah, so it was like kind of confusing yeah Yeah. but it was like it was good I mean like sitting here now like 
finally realizing like who I am like really and like starting to become more of my true self more at like peace and stuff like that I wouldn't change all those past experiences for anything because like you know they they did suck but they taught me so much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like sitting here now like you know in the moment like it definitely bugged me more but mm-hmm. now it's just kind of like a memory where it's like funny yeah but I don't know I don't know where I was going it's with part that, of your journey it's, too. yeah it's part yeah. of the journey the journey yeah. makes the destination more beautiful yeah. I think that's why you are as insightful, as um, spiritual awoke, I guess we yeah. can say, as you are, because you have a, we're what our experiences have taught us. That's right. all we are. That's yeah. what makes us sure. who like, we are. I couldn't imagine the man, like who, I mean, if I didn't transition, but you know, like who I'd be today, mm-hmm. like without everything that I've been through. And like mm-hmm. sometimes, like in the back of my mind, I have like a little, like, you know, little voice it's like you know like life would have just been so much easier if you were just born a guy or mm-hmm. you were born a girl and maybe you didn't have to like transition mm-hmm. but then like I think about it and like how I interact with people like now mm-hmm. and stuff and like the wisdom that I've gained from the mm-hmm. experience and stuff and be like I don't think I'd honestly I'm not like like dislike but like I don't think I'd really like the person I'd be today if I didn't go through this yeah like it really opened myself up to like a lot of things and like the fact that like I you know I want to be in psych and stuff like that uh, it really helps to have this like experience where I can now I can connect to people like you know on that level where like you've had like depression or like anxiety like I can connect to that like I've been through my own like yeah. trauma in a sense where like I kind of traumatized myself I guess but uh, I kind of understand it more so it, it, I'm more able to connect with people and I like that yeah. I, I like that people. too I think it's really important too because it kind of breaks a different stigma of mental health in the sense of a lot of people who I think we all experience trauma it's like a spectrum on different levels but I think some people are able to recognize it more than the, than others because it's yeah. a really brave thing to recognize when you've dealt with trauma um, but it allows you more of like an empathetic view towards those people who have experienced trauma whereas some people who aren't as willing to accept those things have a hard time with accepting it within others like they're like okay yeah you dealt with that situation but move on like what's your problem whereas for you you're like i can really feel for this person and understand why this traumatic event is really taking toll on their life which then brings me into saying go into your work what do you do for work you already yeah. explained it a little bit, but can you explain a little yeah. bit further yeah. what you do and how you bring your own experiences into your job? Right. I so feel that. So I work for at a psych hospital and I work on acute psychosis unit with people, you know, schizophrenia, uh, bipolar disorder, all those different things. But um, I find myself a lot more compassionate than some of the people there. Mm-hmm. Not to say because there's very compassionate. We're all on a spectrum, you know. Mm-hmm. But I definitely like care for the patients a lot and about like you know their emotional well-being as well as like you know their physical and safety well-being like in the hospital. I just try to connect with them and make them laugh. Like I know what it's like to be in your darkest times. And to have that one person that makes you smile, makes you laugh, you know, maybe like sometimes I've had like really serious conversations with patients about like, you know, their feelings and the roots of their issues and uh, how to overcome them and stuff like that. To be like that guide for someone is amazing. I just I find like, you know, I've come to like kind of like terms with I feel like my purpose in life might be to like uh, 
impact people on an individual level like you know i find people in my life that i can give some type of positive wisdom to or just make them smile and bring Mm -hmm. some laughter or some joy into their life and i i love doing it you know i don't have to like go out and i want to change the world i have still the dream to do it but like i don't have to go out and change the world to make an impact i can you know connect with people on an individual level so i do that a lot at work i like doing that i like to you know chat with them I like they teach you things. Mm. Smart, smart people. Very, yeah. very smart. Absolutely. They know. They know. They know things we don't know. Yeah, like a they lot have of people, that knowledge yeah. and that inner ability that right. we don't have, which makes me sad when people label mental health issues or um, anyone who is diagnosed with autism or any of those that special education type of field um, as a disability. It's like yeah. they have an ability that we mm-hmm. don't even have access to. Right. You know, it's not a disability. It's a whole other world. It's just yeah. like another way in which to live your life and another way in which to view things and gain a perspective on this world. Mm. And they often have some of the most beautiful perspectives. Absolutely. Yeah. Eli said to us earlier, um, that he wants to be a teacher and teach more things about like tarot readings and um, more mindfulness things and all of that. But I think it's really important to teach things that are unsaid a lot of the times. And I think as welcoming as this world has become in many aspects, I think that we're also closed to a lot of things. and I have yet to experience a teacher that has the type of path that you've been down. So I think it would be really cool and very informative and inspiring and beautiful to have you as a teacher. And not only because of what you've experienced, but all the knowledge that you have gained through your experiences and all the love and empathy that you now hold because of that um, is just something that I wish everybody could experience going through school or everybody could experience in a teacher you know because it's really important and that is changing the world even if you reach 100 students in your lifetime that right there is changing the world if you reach one person at work that's like i get it light bulb that is changing the world yeah. it only takes one person so I like that. thank you yes and i'm really excited i'm like i said at the beginning of this episode like i was so kind of antsy to finally record this episode because I really do feel like it's going to touch so many people um, because it's not something that is spoken about enough Um, and I think also I mean I feel like a lot of people could say this but and I don't I don't know but it's just like the normalcy that we've made it as a family is kind of unseen Mm -hmm. and like people are like wow like you guys like adjust i feel like adjusted really quick and like for the outside view what's it like and like it was just like one day and then the next and you guys are like now this like different family kind of and i feel like that's like you don't see that a lot like i know that you've had friends who have been kicked out of their house Mm -hmm. they can't stay their parents kicked them out Mm. and like I feel like you hear a lot of those stories and I don't feel like we hear enough positive stories and like success stories almost. Um, And so that's why I was so excited and so passionate about sharing this story is because we are a normal, just a normal family that this not happened to. I feel like it's more normal now that I've transitioned than before. Exactly. Like it has, 
it's created a completely new kind of definition to normalcy really um, and has really helped us form the like family bond that we had been missing for so long Mm. Um, and we're a much closer better I think we're all better people because of it Um, I think that we've all grown a lot through it Um, obviously you but I think the effect in the kind of um like love and knowledge that it instills in the rest of us is huge i think that's a huge part it's definitely a huge part of my journey um and so i just i don't know i just feel like it's i feel like it's gonna do a lot of good putting this episode out there because we were just really this like normal basic family that in Hanover, Massachusetts. In Hanover, yeah. Ma- in small Hanover, Massachusetts, <laughs> that this like huge thing changed our life and like for the better, a hundred percent for the a hundred percent for the better, mm-hmm. like a hundred times over changed our life for the better. Um, but you don't hear enough about that enough. Mm. And I remember when you started going through this transition, like I was like looking up a lot of things, like fam, like family transition through like a sibling or a child, like going through a transgender transition or whatever and there's not a lot out there mm-hmm. um and there's a, I feel like a lot of negative out there and so being able to bring a positive light to this um kind of arena of of a topic is huge and I really hope that it settles with a lot of people and I hope that it inspires a lot of people or gives them the courage that they need to come out or the courage they need to accept a family member Mm -hmm. or a friend or something like that or just give them the kind of reassurance and the um like positivity that it could really change your life so much and make your life so much better Mm. um because i feel like a lot of a lot of this is result like revolved around like oh my god if i come out then this is going to happen i'm going to lose my family or i'm going to like lose all these relationships like i feel like if anything you've gained a ton of relationships yeah. with people that feed your soul not people that drain it yeah. and it's completely like rejuvenated our family energy as well so. yeah that's really cool i like all of that i think it's really important to recognize too within blissful love in general we bring up a a lot of heavy topics sometimes and Mm -hmm. have a lot of heavy conversations that um can sometimes seem scary for a lot of people but uh one thing that i really want to say for people who have not experienced something firsthand um with a transgender person is if you do have a topic that you're thinking of that comes to mind as you're listening to this episode that you're like I've experienced this thing that seems really heavy or I know somebody who has experienced this thing tell us we would love to touch on it because that's what we want to do with blissful love we want to talk about these heavy topics that don't need to be negative they want to be love and light and positivity because any negative situation I guess quote unquote um, has a positive outlook and like you were saying there's a lot of negativity around transgender people when it comes to coming out to their family or coming out to their friends or what they experience internally and it doesn't always need to be that and it isn't always that so we try to really spin all these heavy topics these topics that can be perceived as negative or can be a negative experience for others and we try to really spin them 
in a positive light so that you guys can all experience life in a whole new light because Mm -hmm. Rachel and I are on that journey together and within ourselves and we we have hard times with that sometimes so we bounce that off of each other and we find the light and the love in all situations and every situation you can grow through um Mm -hmm. and change into positivity and growth 100 percent 100 percent yeah um so I think kind of just to wrap it up I wanted to ask you if there's one thing or like one piece of advice that you could give to someone who's going through the transition process or someone who's trying to come to terms with the fact that they're transgender what would that be I think like talked a lot about like the emotional pain like regarding being trans which is important for like people that don't experience to recognize it but for someone who is and wants some like words of wisdom um i would say you know it takes a lot of self-love and Mm -hmm. acceptance to begin the journey and it's not something that's easy but it's you know worth it in the end and um honestly like I didn't feel a lot of self-love for myself in the beginning, but starting my transition, I think, was a big act of self-love. Yeah. And so recognizing, like, starting your transition, whether it's socially, medically, like, legally, um, that is a big act of self-love to take that step. Um, also, like, just, just own it. Like, you know, like, a lot of fear that comes, like, in the transition is kind of like internalized homophobia, homophobia, internalized transphobia, you know, like bubbling to the surface, you know, telling you that it's weird or people won't accept you, you know, that, you know, it's not going to make you feel any better or like all those types of things, like negative thoughts about it. That's just your fears coming through, you know, that's not your instincts. Like when you think about your future life, like in the body that you want to be in and you feel good about it and you feel clear and you know you feel happy that's your instincts telling you to do it and like all those negative type feelings those anxieties are all just your fear so trust your instincts um you know go down this path boldly and always check in with yourself to you know recognize your accomplishments throughout it because you know sometimes you know it'll be fast and it'll be accomplishment after accomplishment and sometimes it'll be really slow and it's hard to remember that like you know, the destination, you know, is just as worth it as the journey. You know, the journey teaches you a lot. But other than that, go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you'll find the people in your life that love you the most. And you'll learn to surround yourself with people who know your self-worth. And they try to um, bolster your confidence in yourself and your abilities. You know, you're beautiful as you are. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like you need to hide your true self in order to be accepted because the acceptance, you know, really lies within. You just have to accept who you are, yeah. and the world will accept you as you are. So, yeah. that was beautiful. Perfect. That was perfect. Yeah, that was really perfect. Oh, that was a great. That was great, Eli. I think it's really hard to be able to talk about this with such ease and yeah. um, compassion that you have when you talk about this subject. I mean, I can imagine that at the beginning of your transition and at the beginning of your coming out phase that this was probably a very difficult topic. So you have come a very long way um, and I didn't even know you prior. So I think it's really cool for me to even see that um, and for you to be able to recognize that within yourself. So 
You're a very special person, and I'm very glad you were able very to share special. all of this with us. It was thank you for having me. Wonderful. On. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I'm really, I'm really excited. So thank you, and I feel like we need to have you on for a part two at some point because I, I feel like we didn't cover a lot of things that we wanted to ask, but know. you know, it was there's just there's a lot to talk about. It's a really, really long journey. That's what I said and in the beginning when I was talking about it. <laughs> could talk about hours. it for hours. It could, I know. We could sit here all day long. I know that. I know. Um, I think it would be cool to bring Eli on a couple times, maybe to have him do. He's really into the tarot pulls these days, and yeah. he's very insightful on exactly. that. Exactly, so, that's what I wanted to yeah. say. I feel like I we didn't even I I this whole transition and this experience in your life, I think, has really opened you up to this whole new kind of view and take on life. That's been I've really thrived off of because you're just such a positive, um, like spiritual, like presence now. Um, so, and I really wanted to kind of try to get into like the, how your transition has affected this new spiritual, like kind of awakening in you, but we have to save it for another episode. Yeah. 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 That would be lovely. We'll have a spirituality Yeah. I think a lot of people are really going to feel, um, connected to this episode. I think it's going to bring us a whole new body of people in the sense of this is where our direction was meaning to go. Like we want to reach as many people as we can and not because we're greedy and we want everybody to hear our voices but because we want everybody to hear the love that we propel and how supportive and encouraging that blissful love is as a body and I think you just added so much love and insight to that and I'm thankful for that you did sorry for the negative aspects no it's I mean with anything positive comes negative very positive especially in the I wouldn't say I'm in the end but like especially you know, when you get through once the... Once you get the, over yeah. that initial hump. Yeah, once you get over the initial hump, it's a very positive thing. It is, and it's a beautiful journey, and, like, we say all the time, like, I'm so grateful for it because I I love the relationship that we have now, and I would be devastated if I had this relationship taken away from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the relationship we had before... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> The negatives, though, that you're speaking on, those negative aspects that you did have to bring up. I mean, I think it's really important for anyone to hear who is experiencing someone else in their life transitioning and not necessarily firsthand. I mean, obviously, the person that's experiencing it firsthand is sitting here listening, saying, yeah, I know, I know, yeah, it sucked. But for somebody who's hearing it from an outsider perspective, perspective, they're like, oh, so those emotions I felt that were were negative were normal and how I was going through a process of trying to grieve and experience and understand and I was confused and annoyed and frustrated. Like, those are all normal feelings that we are supposed to feel. We're all humans, you know? Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. Oh, my God. All right. Very beautiful episode. Thank you. Wait for part two. Yes. Yes, part two to come in the near future. It will be here. Thank you so much, Eli. I hope you guys all loved this episode and got something from it. Of course, share with us anything that you feel. We'd love to hear your feedback. Yeah, Eli would probably love to hear it as well, I'm sure, right, Eli? Um, I think it would be really cool to hear different perspectives. And if you want to share a story or insight or anything that you have, we would love to hear it. So, yeah, of course. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. Have a beautiful week. And we'll see you soon. Bye.